This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. weather <laughs> this is talking about what the hell are we supposed to open with today well, really nothing's happening i was planning on open with the knicks they're not over yet so we'll get into the knicks in a little bit but we could start with baseball i want to do the football and, and by the way we get some guests for you today we'll have john schmelk who is you know works with the giants and covers them and does a lot of stuff for the you know the pre and post game show and digital media and all that stuff. So we'll talk to John Schmelk, who usually is my expert when we go to Schmelke on the Giants and the Knicks. So we'll talk to him at one o'clock on both of those two things and see what he thinks of Daniel Jones. You know what I think of Daniel Jones. Anyway, we'll see what Schmelk thinks of Daniel Jones and you know recap the Knicks a little bit. And then at three o'clock we'll have basketball Jones on Sonny Carton. Usually have him like once a year. And I figure with not much going on now, maybe Sonny could help educate me on the ongoings around the NBA and also try to get me back into the NBA. We'll talk Knicks, Nets with him, of course, but go around the league as well. But being that the Knicks are currently in action and won't end for another probably 25 minutes or so, we'll start with the baseball. And, you know, look, it's a lot of the same old stuff where the Mets are waiting on Jacob DeGrom, and the Yankees are waiting on Aaron Judge. And I saw there was a report uh, just before that, I guess, the Mets and Yankees could be in a little bit of trouble where they're being in, was it they're, they're being investigated. The Athletic had a report that said because the report about the Mets not wanting to go after Aaron Judge because they don't want to, you know, ruffle the Yankees' feathers or go after and steal one of the Yankees' guys, um, so there might be an investigation there. Whatever. I mean, I wouldn't think that that's a big deal. But anyway, point is, Mets kind of waiting on Jacob DeGrom. Yankees waiting on Aaron Judge. And Aaron Judge tonight will likely be named the most valuable player. And remember, we're not getting even any insight onto where Judge is going to meet, if he's meeting with teams, what's happening. I mean, that's the expectation. The Yankees expect that. Rizzo spoke yesterday. He expects it. We all expect Judge to meet with other teams, but we're not sure if it's happening, when it's happening, and what exactly is going on. And, you know, this this thing might take a while. Maybe nestle in. Cue the, oh, my God, Aaron Judge just signed back with the Yankees. Um, but anyway, we might be here for a while talking about what's going to happen between these two superstars with the Mets and the Yankees. We just don't know. But some of the lesser parts, you know, Brandon Nimmo was making some news yesterday all for the – Teoscar Hernandez trade from Toronto to Seattle and Hernandez a solid bat. We had a caller, I think it was yesterday or earlier in the week, call and talk about how, hey, Sal, would you like Teoscar Hernandez in the Mets outfield? And I was like, eh, you know what? I'd probably I'd probably take him. 
and he would be a power upgrade. What did he hit? 25 homers, something like that last year in 130 games, maybe. I forget the exact numbers. But either way, Teoscar Hernandez gets traded from Toronto. He goes to Seattle as they look to lengthen their lineup. So why am I bringing this up in the open of a New York sports talk radio show? Well, because the Blue Jays now have a vacancy in their outfield, and they reportedly are interested in Brandon Nimmo. And they reportedly are not alone, where it seems many teams, Scott Boris said it last week, and reports continue to come out about teams that are interested. You know, even this week, the Yankees were in contact, I guess, with Boris or Nimmo's representatives, whatever it may be, however you want to word it. But the Yankees were showing interest in potentially acquiring Brandon Nimmo. And Nimmo is going to have his pick because there are a lot of teams, well, you know, the analytics. There are a lot of teams that love Brandon Nimmo because he's a an analytical player. They look at the on-base. They look at the walks. They look at the pitches per at-bat. They look at, you know, he's a hustle guy. Great clubhouse guy, just a a good human being, great character. He's succeeded in New York to, you know, to a certain extent. He's improved defensively, and he, you know, while I don't think he's a great defensive center fielder, he's definitely improved and is able to go back on balls well. Now, the issue there is he plays too deep, and he has no arm, so there are limitations there as well. Anyway... The long-winded point, as I try to draw out every possible minute I can before we get to taking your calls on the other side on whatever it is you want to discuss on this now Thursday morning on The Fan, 877-337-6666. Point is that Brandon Nimmo is going to be a player that is probably valued more outside of the Mets. Not to say that the Mets don't want him back because they do want him back. However... There's got to be a line drawn. I mean, that goes for all these guys. Although with Judge, you would say the Yankees, they can't be drawing any lines. I mean, he's got to come back. I don't care what it is. We did this segment on Baseball Night in New York on SNY yesterday, I think it was, or maybe it was even last week. We've done it a couple times. Called Draw the Line and have the panel and myself say, okay, well, where would you draw the line on a contract for so-and-so? Well, if I were to ask you, where would you draw the line on a contract for Aaron Judge, meaning years and dollars? I mean, what would be your response? I would think the majority of Yankee fans would say, well, I'm not drawing the line. They need him back. I don't care if it goes up to, you know, $400 million. They got to bring him back. And a part of me agrees with that. Now, it's not the best business decision, but a part of me understands that. Why that would be the case. They need him back. And, you know, it's maybe illogical. It may be irrational. But still, judge means more to the Yankees and their fan base, especially now, than... He would maybe elsewhere, so the Yankees should be paying whatever, you know, more than the next highest offer. Anyway, where would you draw the line with Brandon Nemo? I feel like for the Mets, at least for me, and I don't know what the Mets are thinking on this exactly. I feel like the Mets aren't there yet because they are concerned about the pitching right now, which is understandable. Whether it's Kodai Senga in Japan, obviously he is, you know, secondary to either DeGrom or Verlander. I just get the feel the Mets are making, they're they're preparing for the loss of Jacob DeGrom. I'm not saying that's going to happen. I'm just getting the, oh, what the hell, I'm going to say it's going to happen. DeGrom's going to go elsewhere. This is just me using my common sense. I feel like DeGrom's going elsewhere. And the Mets are kind of planning for that. 
hey, look, what's the worst that could happen? I jinx it and DeGrom comes back? Okay, great. But I believe he's going to sign elsewhere, whether it's with Texas or whoever else. I don't think DeGrom's coming back. I've felt that way all along. You know, if you've listened to the show, how I feel about DeGrom. I want him back. I just don't think he wants to be back. And if that's the case, then you know what? Don't let the door hit you on the way out. I don't care how many Cy Young awards you want. You don't want to be here. You don't need to be here. So the Mets are working on a potential plan B, whether that's Justin Verlander, whether it is, you know, in addition to Verlander, Kodai Senga, whether it's Carlos Rodon, who knows what the Mets have up their sleeves. Remember, with this new Mets group, the breadcrumbs are not out there as much as they used to be. Nobody, nobody knew about Max Scherzer until it happened. There wasn't a drop, not a hint, not a drop of anything until it happened. So just because you haven't heard it yet doesn't mean it's not possible, good or bad. Anyway, the Mets aren't focused on Brandon Nimmo, or at least it doesn't seem that way right now. They're more worried about DeGrom and the pitching. So as for Nimmo, what would the line be? For me, it's five years, roughly $100 million. You want to go 105 make him happy so it's a little more than 20 a year? But I'll tell you, I'm not committing. I heard somebody today throw out the number $150 million for Brandon Nimmo. There's no freaking way I do that. And I know that Met fans love him, homegrown guy, easy to like, right? The infectious smile, he's improved, he hustles, fan favorite, no doubt. Passion, energy, I get it. He's not worth $150 million. Think about how the Mets could spend that money elsewhere, whether that be on pitching, whether it be pitching and a big bat. And remember, each team... You know, let's use the Yankees and Mets, for examples, because those are the two teams we care about. The Yankees are obviously built with power, right? To a point where, what do we always talk about with the Yankees? They need to better balance their lineup with guys that can put the bat on the ball. Guys that are going to make contact. Guys that can be gap hitters and average hitters. That's the type of offense the Yankees need more of. Well, the Mets are the opposite of that. They need more power. And if you pay Brandon Nimmo 105, 120, whatever it may be, 150 million bucks to play center field, you're you're limiting yourself there. A spot in the lineup that you're committing big money to is a guy who may be well-rounded, but he's an average offensive player in batting average, in power, or maybe even below average in power, but... He's well-rounded, he's a good on-base guy, and can draw a walk or work in at bat, but beyond that, I, the Mets could do better than Nimmo. I look at Nimmo as a 7-9 hitter, something like that. And obviously he's been batting leadoff for the Mets. And maybe he'll go somewhere else and hit leadoff because the analytics you know, speak highly of Nimmo. The analytical people love Brandon Nimmo. I don't think he's that good. And I say that with all due respect. Like I said, he's improved and he's been a solid major leaguer. And he'll deserve whatever he gets. Good for him if you get $150 million. Good for him. I think he's worth $100 million. I'd bring him back at that. And even that is pushing it. That's me extending my line. I'd rather have, think about it this way. You're, the, the fear of losing Brandon Nimmo. You're limiting defense in center field because he's not great. He's good at going back on balls and he's improved. He has no arm and he plays too deep, meaning a lot of stuff drops in front of him that could be very costly. So they can improve defensively in center field. That's number one. Number two, they can use that money and use that spot in the lineup and in the outfield to add a power bat 
that will better this team. You know, they have a guy with McNeil who's going to hit for a high average and not a lot of power. They have a guy, and who knows what happens with Canna and, you know, if he's going to be an everyday player or fourth outfielder if they move on from him. But they have a guy in Mark Canna who's going to be a guy that's similar to Brandon Nimmo. Not a ton of power and a guy who is, you know, going to put the bat on the ball. I know he strikes out occasionally a big spot, but a guy who's going to be, you know, he's not an all or nothing power hitter. He's a guy who's going to work in a bat. Be disciplined, patient. You know, they need an impact bat. Brandon Nimmo is not an impact bat. So I think the Mets would be better off. And I hope that they're looking elsewhere. I mean, you figure that they are just because, like we said, we don't hear the rumors. Or the exact reports. Just because we don't hear that doesn't mean that they are. But they can better themselves. It's one spot. You know, sometimes you got to look at the the areas of the team where it may not be blatantly obvious. And I don't think initially if you look at the Mets lineup or you look at their team and say, okay, well, Brandon Immo, they need to upgrade there. You look at the catching spot, right? That's an obvious one. It sticks out like a sore thumb. You, it, you look at the catching spot and say, well, they need to upgrade there. Center field, you'd be like, oh, no, we're solid with Nimmo. I like Nimmo. Solid player. But those are the spots where you need to look to improve. And rather than... Now, if you were under contract, you bring it back. No issues about it. But rather than overpay or getting to get into a bidding war for a guy who is an average offensive player or solid, maybe average is a little disrespectful, a guy who's a solid offensive player, I, I'm not doing that. I draw my line, me personally, Five years, $105 million. That's the max I'm going for Brandon Nimmo. He wants to be here, fine. And then you always have the option where you can move him to the corner, but they still need power. I think the Mets will be better off if Brandon... And look, Brandon Nimmo might be better off getting a big contract. If he's going to take the most money, and that's usually what Scott Boras' clients do, maybe it's going to be elsewhere. The Mets could better use that money. And I'm excited about the possibilities of where, whether it's via trade, whether it's via free agency. 877-337-6666. Judge and that MVP award expected tonight. We went over the Bucks stuff yesterday with manager of the year. Well, the MVP gets announced tonight, and it'll be a long time coming, or it has been a long time coming, where Judge has basically been the MVP midway through the year. And look, I know Shohei is going to get a lot of talk and hype, as he should, but Aaron Judge was, by definition, the most valuable player this year. And it'll be nice to see him take home some hardware. Much like I said with Buck, it wasn't the hardware that you wanted, whether it's a division title, whether it is a National League pennant or a World Series, similar with Aaron Judge. He got the division title, but not the pennant or the World Series. But you know what? He may have some hardware later on tonight, likely will, to show for his historic season with an MVP trophy. And then maybe he could go enjoy himself on this free agent tour. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. 
Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Just do it. Call the fan at 877-337-6666. Powered by Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com. going to give you the countdown right there, but a foul was called. Ten seconds to go. Knicks hanging on to a one-point lead. The Knicks are infuriating. I mean, even on a night where they might be able to eke out a win here in Denver, and by the way, it would be the first time that the Knicks had won a game in Denver since 2006, and I didn't know that off the top of my head. Like, oh yeah, I remember that game. But after watching the highlights they showed before, I do remember that game. It was, I remember where I was. I was in the fan newsroom. Well, I don't remember if I was on tape or on the board or whatever, but I was in the fan, the old fan newsroom in Astoria, watching that game. Jamal Crawford hit the game winner, I believe, at the end of it. They just showed the highlights. And, I mean, that's a long time ago. 2006? Long time ago. But this is the Knicks, and they've been bad for 20 years, so what do you expect? Brunson at the line just knocked down the first of two. And, you know, look, this would be as much crap as I've given the Knicks, and rightfully so, he hit the second. So the Knicks have a three-point lead with 10 seconds to go. Let's see how they could screw this one up. As much crap as we've given the Knicks as recent as, what is today, Thursday? As recent as Tuesday. I mean, I'm sure we gave them crap last night, but Tuesday I was like, that's it, I'm done with them. Don't even want to talk about them anymore. Uh, actually, maybe it was Monday. Whenever they lost to the Nets. Was that last week already? I don't know. Days are, That was last Wednesday already that they lost to the Nets? Jeez, what was I ripping them for earlier in the week? Uh, I forget. Anyway. Oh, right. The Thunder game. Giving up. Thank you, Fleas. Giving up 145 points. Anyway. They, you look at it. I mean, they are, you hope that they can continue to be a, at least a 500 team and keep themselves in contention to be a playoff team. I mean, I don't know why I'm so easily... Well, no, I do know why I'm so easily discouraged by them. Because they've sucked for 20 years, so it's annoying with them. However, they're going to... If they win this game, and they should, I mean, up three with 10 seconds left, what can possibly happen here? Three-point goal. The Knicks are going to be 8-7, and seven, which is, you know, not bad for them. You could be talking about a team that, you know, maybe one good stretch away from turning their season around and feeling good about themselves... Here's the things that they have going for them. Jalen Brunson is a player. There was some thought to where, ah, oh, he's just a, a bench guy. The Knicks are going to overpay for a guy who's not a legitimate point guard. Brunson is a player. He may not be a superstar player, but he's a player that could develop, I think, further into a potential all-star. Julius Randle, the, the thing about him, and we know what he is, he's frustrating, of course, Tonight is one of those nights where you look at Randall and love him. Denver missed the three. The Knicks are going to win. The Knicks won. All right, so that's it. That's the final. Knicks get the win. And Julius Randall and company pumped up. And how about Randall? Give him credit. He led the way tonight. 
He led the way off the court before the road trip. Big Zoo's all pumped up. Fleegs is fired up. We're, us Nick fans are pathetic. That's all it takes. First win in Denver since 2006, November 8th. You know what the Knicks and Nuggets did a month and a half or a month after that game? Was that the brawl? Yeah. Yeah, see, I remember. Now, who was the fight? J.R. Smith and Nate Robinson. Wow, that's right. J.R. Smith, of course, with the Nuggets at the time. Mello was with the Nuggets at the time. And uh, Mello was involved in that, too. Right. He got the biggest suspension. I remember that. Now, that was at the Garden, right? Because the game that they won, right. they won in, in Denver, Denver. And then yeah. the brawl was at the Garden in December, like a week before Christmas. Wow. Well, Julius Randle, I mean, I admit I'm a pathetic loser Nick fan. Uh, here, first in line. I mean, you get sucked in already. I just say I'm not talking about them anymore. And then here we are, two big two big wins. Denver's first home loss. Now, no Jokic, we should say. And that's a big deal. So let's not make it like the Knicks beat a, a good Denver team. They didn't have their best player. So it is different. But still, to do something the Knicks haven't done since 2006 is impressive. And not only that. Even the 90s Knicks that I love so much, it is not easy going to Utah and then to Denver, back-to-back nights, no less, and getting wins. So this is a nice run for them. And they played good defense. Fournier, his rear end glued to the bench. The Knicks have been 2-0 since with shortening up that rotation. Tibbs showing you, you know, look, they got to a point where giving up 145 points, something had to change. Well, it did change. The players' only dinner, uh, the shortening of the rotation, and it has helped. And whether it's been the bench that has been maybe a little bit better, whether it's been Julius Randle that has been better, well, you know, guys want to hold each other accountable. Randle, though, tonight showed why the Knicks gave him that contract extension. Randle tonight was the guy that you fall in love with, where you know he's got 34 points. He was playing tough defense, four steals on the night. For Julius Randle, knocking down big shots. And we know he's not a great shooter, but he can be this type of player at times. It's just that he can't be this type of player consistently. Brunson had 21 himself, and he's 2 or 4 from downtown. Now, that's all the good with the Knicks. Get the win, second straight win, 8-7 and seven now on the year. Randle played well. Reddish played well. Look, they played good defense. Two, da- two games in a row now playing good defense, playing hard and hustling. It's really not that difficult. Put a little effort in. A little effort goes a long way. little effort goes a long way. And now maybe the Knicks can start to feel themselves here and become a relevant, competitive team in the Eastern Conference. Anyway, here's the bad. R.J. Barrett. Dude, what is up with Barrett? He's getting worse. 0 for 9 from three-point range. 4 of 18 overall. Like, that can't happen. That's unacceptable. It's unacceptable. Well, something's got to be done about it. That's the problem, the Knicks' problem, and that's why you can't get excited about it. I know you can look at the two wins and say, well, that's nice. You know, Big wins on the road. What a way to start the road trip. And it is true. But you can't get excited about it because you know that R.J. Barrett and Julius Randle are not consistent enough. They're not star players. At times, they look like they can be, but they're not. I mean, that's the difference with... Well, there's a lot of differences with John Moran. He's a legitimate superstar, but he does it every night. The star players, the all-stars, they do it every night that they're on the floor. It's those guys that carry teams. And 
the Knicks don't have those guys. Brunson is a consistent, uh, again, I hesitate to call him a star. He is a very solid player, and he is consistent. But they need RJ and Julius Randle to step up. 877-337-6666. We'll do more on the Knicks and the Giants coming up at 1 o'clock when we talk to John Schmelk. The Giants, of course, they have not a big game. I mean, I guess if you want to say every game in the NFL is a big game. But they have an important game coming up Sunday against Detroit because they need to take care of business again at home the way that they did against the Texans. And even though they didn't play a great game against the Texans. They were still able to get the win. And they can get a win here against a Detroit team that is not very good. If the Giants can do that, you look at the way that the schedule is. This, these these websites are ridiculous. This computer on the website is ridiculous. You look at the way the schedule is for the Giants, it's going to get real fun and real tough after this one. This is the last, at least for now, Soft game that the Giants will have. And it shouldn't say soft game. The last game that the Giants will have that they are going to be at least a three point favorite. Because even against Washington, I'm not sure the Giants are going to be three, you know, three plus point favorites, which they are this week against Detroit. In Dallas, there's no way. Home against Washington, they'll probably be a point or two over Washington. I don't think they'll be a full field goal. Philadelphia, no. At Washington, no. At Minnesota, no. I guess potentially by week 17 against the Colts. But by then, I mean, we'll know where the Giants stand for the most part. Anyway, this is the last game that they they have to win before the real tough stretch starts to close out the year. And the division games, you know, the final seven games of the year, they have five division games. So this is one where you can't slip up. They're not good enough to have a a slip up here. And it's an important game. Not a big game, but an important game for them. Ahead of, of course, the big game on Thanksgiving. Just came into Thanksgiving already. I'm done with this week. Um, I mean, we have another work day tomorrow with the show tomorrow. But for Football Friday, and we'll go over that and... You know, get more in detail with the matchups as we look ahead to week 11 here. But I'm excited about Thanksgiving. That's what I want. Giants and Cowboys. You just hope that the Giants don't look ahead. And I don't think they will. And you look at this game potentially. Oh, the old trap game. Is there such a thing? Especially when there's a good coach like Brian Dable. You think they're really sitting there overlooking Detroit, looking ahead to Dallas? Maybe a trap in the sense that they're trying to game plan for two teams at once, although I don't believe that is going to be the case. I don't even know if that's a thing, but you figure it's a short week. It's a big division opponent. I mean, maybe 100% of their attention is not on Detroit. I don't know. I mean, I would hope that that's the case one of the time. Either way, Giants got to take care of business. And the Jets this week, they have a big matchup as well, which we'll do plenty more on that a little bit later. And, of course, tomorrow, Jets going into New England. 877-337-6666. Rob is calling from Brooklyn. Good morning, Rob. How are you? Hey, good morning. How are you doing? Good, Rob. What's on your mind this morning? Listen, I wish I could take a picture of my cheat sheet. You know, I make my little notes before I call in. Because everything you said, I actually have written down. My, I was going to start with, this is a trap game. This is a trap game. For the Giants you're talking about. Yes, yes. Because if, if, if they take care of business in this game, I could see them potentially going 11-6. You just did the math, what I was going to say. You beat Detroit. You go 8-2. and two. I have them losing to Dallas, unfortunately. Now, of course, I'm a Giant fan. 
But I'm just being realistic. Got to be fair. Yeah. Right. I hope to God they win, but let's mm. move past that. Having losing to the Eagles twice and losing to the Vikings. And then they beat Washington twice, which is no given. Washington's mm. not no slouch. Right. And they beat the Colts. If they're able to take care of business, it's a big difference being, uh, obviously, 11-6 and 10-7. and if they lose this game, so you're saying four and four. You got basically you're just going chalk the rest of the way, and then maybe they win one they're not supposed to, and lose one they're right, supposed to. Right, but the way I think it plays out with the records, the teams where they're playing, if they play up to the potential, if they beat um, this weekend Detroit, I have them going 11, 11 and six. Right, all right, and eleven and six will get you a wild card spot. At least a wild spot. card. Yeah. At least a wild card. And we know the division might be in play. Who knows? But well, not if you do the way that you had it mapped out where you said that they lose both to the Eagles. They cannot win well, the division. Well, well, if they have an overall record, if the Eagles get into a little slump because they started out great, maybe they might get into yeah, a slump. But, yeah, but think of it this way. If the Eagles beat the Giants twice, as you said, that would put them already at 10 wins. That means the Eagles would have to lose literally every other game. Right. Now, I don't know. I, don't, yeah. I haven't looked at their, who their remaining opponents oh, and are. Then I could lose every other game right, outside right. of that. But, uh, but this this could I don't want them to overlook like and you say well, my point was going to be don't look to Thursday take care of this game and the last point I'm going to ask I'm going to ask you a question do you think the Giants go all in on getting Beckham great thank, great question my call, bro. well thank and, you um, Rob yeah you get back to us you make sure you get back to us before that Thanksgiving oh, game definitely, all right definitely we'll talk again yeah we'll be on I think I'm on Monday and thank you for the call Rob as always. I think I'm on next Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, but I'm not 100% sure. I don't remember if I asked off that Wednesday or not. Um, Anyway, get back to me after this Giants game on Sunday and before the Giants game on Thursday because I I can't wait to – I'm so excited, not only about the holiday, but I'm so excited for that game. It's so huge. I can't wait for it. I really hope the Giants don't screw it up. But they're not going to win the division if they lose both to the Eagles. And by the way, there's no need to project, Rob where the Giants are going to, all right, win these four, lose these four. I mean, maybe they could beat the Eagles. Who knows? Let's see. Maybe they do win that game in Dallas on Thanksgiving. How pumped would you be then? To answer your question about Odell Beckham Jr., what's all-in mean exactly? I I don't think Odell Beckham Jr., two, two things. A, I don't think Odell Beckham Jr. is 100% healthy. Even if he's healthy to play, I don't think you're going to see vintage Odell Beckham Jr. right out of the gate. There's got to be natural rust. He's been out for a year, essentially. He's working his way back. I mean, I'm not watching him train, but there is a difference between, you know, training, shape, and physical condition, and practice, and actual game shape. How long is it going to take him to get into game shape? Here's the thing. We know Odell Beckham Jr. is a weapon. And we know that the Giants could use more explosive weapons. I love the story. A more mature Odell Beckham Jr. coming back, you hope, coming back to the Giants. A Giants organization that is in a much better place. Where they are sound right now, clicking on all cylinders with the head coach, with the general manager. They're not, you know, they if they feel like a guy doesn't belong, it doesn't fit in their culture, they're in their locker room, they're going to get him out. But Odell would excite the fan base and energize that team. What type of difference would he make on the field? I'm not so sure we got to see it. And remember, it's twofold, too, because as the reports are saying, it's a flip of the coin between Odell with the Cowboys and the Giants. So if you get him, you're also keeping him away from the Cowboys. 
I also feel like Odell will be better in Dallas because of the quarterback. I think Dak is better than Daniel Jones and also different. You know, Dak's going to throw the football down the field more. Now, maybe with the Giants, if they had Odell, they'd open it up with Daniel Jones. But I just feel like, hey, look, I'm not trying to knock Jones. Don't get all sensitive and start calling and yelling at me and telling me I'm bald and I suck. And that's why I'm on the overnights because I don't like Daniel Jones. No, I, Daniel Jones done a really nice job this year. I just, I'm. we still don't know. I mean, he's done a nice job in a limited role. As limited, I guess, as a quarterback can be. He's still making big plays and helping him win games. But just a, you know, it's it's not the Daniel Jones show. It's been built on Saquon Barkley. Anyway, speaking of Barkley, you saw him come back even from injury, and he wasn't himself until now, uh, next year. So how how much of an impact will Odell have? I would not go all in. Can can the Giants even fit him in? You know, this year they only have, I think, just under three million of cap space right now left. Does Beckham want that? Projecting forward, it sounds like it makes more sense than just a one-off this particular year. Especially from Beckham's side. He could potentially get more money and have a better chance to win. I'm rooting for it to happen. Put it that way. I'm rooting for it to happen because I don't think it could do any harm to the Giants. And I think it would be a great story and add a an element of excitement and add them a playmaker that could potentially take them to another level as a team. Your official station to talk Giants. The Fan, 1019 FM and always live on the free Odyssey app. Download it today. We'll talk to podcast host, reporter, producer for the Giants, John Schmelt, coming up in just a little bit. He also covers some Knicks for us. We'll talk about uh, the Knicks with Schmelk as well. Fleeks and I were just talking about this. Maybe we'll get into this later or tomorrow. Yeah, well, let's do it tomorrow. Maybe we'll have some fun with the NFL lines and things like that. Fleeks, let me know that the Cowboys are favorites on the road in Minnesota this weekend. I cannot believe that. I am legitimately shocked at that, I haven't taken a good look at the lines yet. I did do that pick that I do with Jimmy Tran on the SI Media Podcast every week. I actually went with the Bears this week, plus three and a half on the road in Atlanta. I, at some point, Justin Fields has got to start winning some games. Why not this weekend against the Falcons? Who have been solid, but they're not, I mean, they're not going to be able to stop Justin Fields. Who has? Assuming he can stay healthy, knock on wood, I got him on two fantasy teams. Anyway, how the hell are the Cowboys? And look, I would have picked the Cowboys to win this game anyway, but Minnesota's 8-1. Minnesota's 8-1. and They're at home. Dallas coming off a loss on the road in Green Bay at 6-3. and And the Cowboys are favorites on the road in that spot? Wow. Does that change your mind, Fleegs, when you see a line like that as a gambler? Because I used to, you know, you're thinking about it. Ah, they're trying to get me to go this way, so now they go that way. I mean, I was going to pick Dallas, but I'd feel more comfortable if they were underdogs here. See, I would say uh, from a football perspective, you'd feel more comfortable if they're underdogs. From a gambling perspective, you like it that, they're that tells me that, that, they're again, that that's a fishy line. Normally when Vegas sets the line like that and it goes against everything you know about the sport, you know, eight times out of ten, nine times out of ten, that ends up being the right side. But, yeah, they're going to win that game. I mean, At the you- very least, it means stay away because if you have Minnesota, you're sweating it out and you'll need some kind of fluky, freaky plays to, to get that win. That would tell me if I liked the Vikings going into that, 
I see that line, and there's no way I'm touching the Vikings. Yeah, because you're like, what the hell is going on here? Exactly. I guess from the Dallas betting standpoint, if you're going to take them as an underdog and you're thinking their favorites, you're like, oh, all right, they think we're, they're going to win too. They're, they're thinking along with me. But Minnesota, I mean, maybe people look at that line and say, how could the Vikings be underdogs at home against the Cowboys? And, you know, Dallas is not that good, and they take the Vikings. They're going to get, spa- get smacked with that one. There's, to me, there's no doubt. Dallas right, that's one of that's that the yeah. square public. Although, I mean, it's different because everybody bets the Cowboys, but just from the records and how they looked recently, that's the square better pick of the week where everybody's going to say, the Vikings just beat the Bills. They go to 8-1. and one, Now they're home. How do I not take them getting a couple points right. at home? Right. Matter of fact, I'm going to load up on the Cowboys now even more so. You're right. We just You just talked me into it even more. 877-337-6666. Steve is calling from Saratoga. What's up, Steve? Hey, Salio, how are you? Good morning, Steve. How are you? Oh, very good. Okay, just uh, I want to talk about the uh, the Giants a little bit, but uh, with uh, the Knicks win, it was great and everything, but uh, R.J. Barrett shooting the three-pointer, I just don't get it. I don't get why he shoots three-pointers. I heard, I mean, when I look at him as a player, I think he's going to be the next, say, or he wants to be, like Amari Stoudemire. Who never took three pointers? RJ I mean, Barrett. I think so. I mean, like a power type, uh, oh, strong he, to the hoop. Yeah. Well, I mean, then he's got to be able to hit. Guy. He's got to be able to hit his free throws. Fine. Look, here's the bottom line. Not, not the free throws. I mean, the uh, the, the, the um, no, I know uh, the three point shot. Yeah. Well, well, right, pointers. right. But I'm talking about the free throws in addition. If your strength is going to the oh. line, you better be able to knock down free throws, which has right. been a known weakness for RJ Barrett. Here's the thing. If you are a guard, and not even, matter of fact, if you're a if you're a big man in today's NBA, you have to be able to knock down the three. But especially if you're a guard, R.J. Barrett has to be able to shoot the three. It's as simple as that. The Knicks will never why, go. Why does he have to take threes? I, that's because that's, I today, because that's the, today's I NBA. Today. I, know, I hate it. I hate well, it. Me and too, it but, me that's the, like, but that's the thing. That's what it is yeah. today. You you because can't have, he, you can't have a. If t- you can't shoot foul shots, I was going to get the three pointer in. It's just logic. Steve, what position I, does RJ Barrett play? Uh, he's a third, number three. No, he's a number two. He is a he's shoot, number two. He's a shooting. Well, you're right. He could be a three, but he's technically their shooting guard. One problem oh, with God. that: he doesn't shoot. They have a shooting <laughs> guard who doesn't shoot. Yeah. Uh, well, that's he's not a shooting guard. Well, I don't know. Uh, what I, I'm with the Giants. So happy, great season, great coaching. Uh, it really t- kind of angers me though that that Tony goes to Kansas City and he's playing well there. I mean, do you think there was a little bit? Was he really injured? I I, I don't know. I have no it's idea. Just, the inner. Let, let me let, let's ask it this way, Steve. Do you trust Joe Shane? I do. Okay. I do. I, so, then, yeah, I'm, so then trust the fact that he made the right decision for whatever reason. I know you see the talent with Tony. I know you, you saw the potential in you know limited uh, you know, limited playing well in action. City, oh, I, I, well, I understand it, but it's been what? One game? Two games? Two games. All right, two, two games. games. and he's, he's and he did made nothing. some nice plays. He didn't do anything in the first game. He did. Uh, he finally got his first touchdown last week. So I, I I don't I wouldn't worry about what Kadarius Tony is doing in Kansas City or wherever else he goes or went doesn't matter the Giants felt that he wasn't going to fit here with them and if you trust Joe Shane they got rid of him and thank you for the call Steve and now you wish him the best elsewhere and move on to bigger and better for whatever reason they didn't like Kadarius Tony 
whether he was faking the injury, whether he didn't want to be here, whatever it may be, whether it was that, I have no idea. I'll ask Schmelk and see what's up with Kadarius Tony or what happened with Tony, but I don't think a Giants fan should get caught up in that. There's a reason why they know they need talent at wide receiver, they need help at wide receiver. There's a reason why they decided to trade him and move on. Jim is calling from Harvest uh, Haverstraw. What's up, Jim? What's up? How you doing, pal? How are you, Jim? Good to hear from you again. Yeah, I'm good. So I, I want to talk about the Giants' schedule, but um, the, the the betting line you were talking about. I mean, I, I would. I didn't know that was the line, and I almost wanted to go to the the phone or the computer to see if um, Cousins and Jefferson like ran into each other on the AC. <laughs> it's right. like it's like literally you're throwing up a flag and you are staying far, far away from that game. It does not make um, any sense. Though I can see if you're saying the line's two, it should be Minnesota by three, something like that. I mean, that's the obvious one, but. Yeah, the, the, the thing you're concerned about, and I'm, you're right with the three, is the hook. Three, three and a half, but the, the Cowboys to be, to be favorites, it, it doesn't make any sense. Um, and uh, you're spot on with what Steve's saying. I mean, you know, uh, um, you know, Rand, even look how important the three is to Randall and all the big now because you're looking at Barrett as a big two, small three, or you know, off guard or something right. like that. But you know, in this game right now, I mean, look at Jokic, look at all these towns. I mean, you gotta you know at least attempt to get these guys up in your face so you can get by them. But uh, the the Giants schedule, I, I mean, I'm I'm a huge Giants fan, right? And I you couldn't ask for a better schedule right now. So, you know, you go on this crazy run into your bye week, right? So you ha- coming out of your bye, you play at home a 1-17. You win. You have your regular scheduled uh, week, and you come back at home with the 3-6 Lions. I don't care about the Cowboys. And, and when I say that, obviously, it's a, it's a con- conference game, whatever. But you have a three-day rest. It's a Thanksgiving, and if you lose, people aren't going to beat you up for it. And then after the Cowboys, you got ten days rest to go back home and play the you know the potential seven five six six Redskins. Whatever, but right? Now, yeah. I'll say right now, this game is the most important for wins losses because if you look at these four games coming out of your bye as a whole, you won the first one. If you win the second one versus the Lions at home. Let's just say we give up the Cowboys game, and then you have ten days rest to come back at home right. versus the Skins. I, I'm 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 happy, man. I, well, I mean, of course, you, know, you you should be, and you're right. There's limited damage, Jim, that can be done at this particular point. And thank you for the call, as always. We appreciate you checking in. You're right, and that's why I didn't say it was a big game, but it is an important one because it's kind of the not the final piece to the puzzle, but a big piece to the puzzle here. When you're mapping the rest of the season out, they got to get this win, put this win in the bank. A team that they're better than, a non-division opponent at home, they've got to put this win in the bank. And if they do that, they have the division there in front of them. Win or lose at Dallas. And my thing against the Cowboys is, if the Giants show that they have a chance to win that game, they're competitive in that football game, even if they lose, that might be enough for me to say, hey, you know what? This team can win this division. Because they play, I I just get the feeling that that's going to be the game where 
things get away from the Giants a little bit. Now, it could be dead wrong. We'll see. And they, you know, they haven't shown anything so far that would make you believe that. It's just a lack of talent in comparison to Dallas. And the big spot, primetime, the world is watching Dallas. You know, Dallas themselves trying to win that division and get back in the thick of things. But you're right. Win or lose that game, as long as they compete, then Washington at home and then Philadelphia at home. Giants could be in the driver's seat here. Paul is calling from Brooklyn. What's up, Paul? Hey, what's going on, Sal? How are you, Paul? Hey, I'm doing good, man. On my way back to the house. But um, I wanted to talk, like, piggyback on what uh, one of your previous callers said about uh, this being a, a trap game, the Giants mm-hmm. team uh, playing against the Lions. Uh, there's no way that any Giant fan could believe that the Giants can have any trap game because they've been so bad. For so long, they can't overlook any any opponent. Right. Uh, so I hope I hope that uh, I think that I think that's just something that the fans have in their minds because they've done so well this season uh, that this could be a trap game. But there's no way that Dayball is going to have this team not ready to to play on on Sunday. No, they'll, uh, they'll be ready to play, and I don't even know if I believe necessarily, Paul, in the idea. And thank you for the call. Appreciate you checking in. I gotta let you go because we're up against it here. And I wanted to sneak you in because we got John Schmelk on the other side, podcast host, reporter, and producer for the Giants. We'll talk some more Giants with Schmelk on the other side after a Marco update. But I don't know if there's even such thing as a trap game. Like, do you believe that that's actually real, Marco, or do you think that that's made up? Especially in today's day and age, where there's, I mean, like, is there, I do. You do believe it's yeah. real? now? In what sense? I think it's human nature where you start okay. to look ahead. To a big time showdown. The that coach? Come up. No, not the coach. I think okay, it's the players. players. I think okay. it seeps into their mind. Do they practice hard? Yes. Do they prepare? Yes. Will the coach tell them, hey, of course, right. all those things. But I think it's human nature to start thinking ahead, even though you know you shouldn't. Right. Well, we're doing it, but we're also not players. Right. And I think players, again, they're wound differently than we are, but they're right. also human just like we are. As right. much as they know. The human element, like, yeah. hey, I'm really, this is nice, this game. But, like, I'm really fired up to play on Thanksgiving yeah. Day. We're going to Dallas. Revenge. Maybe get back and maybe we could see. We can make yeah. a statement on national team. Like, all those things that kind of you start to creep into your mind. And all of a sudden you forget that you have something that's in front of you still. Right. And that's still the Lions. That as much as you want to say it's the NFL on any given Sunday and all that's right. However, you know it's a game you're supposed to win. Right. And the Giants haven't been in a lot of situations where they're supposed to win. It was last week and it's this week. And sometimes those can trip you up when you're a team that's not dominant. Yeah, I like the way you explained it. In that sense, it makes sense where the human element of the player, the individual player, you know, it may not be for everybody, but there's got to be a part of you that's amped up and excited to get on that plane, go to Dallas, and, and go out there and play on Thanksgiving Day in front of millions of people. The world will be watching oh, yeah. against the Cowboys, the division. Like, that is... Yeah, I mean, I That's guess it. by that sense, the human element. And of it. there is also too. You got to remember, as much as not, the, not in the sense like I'm sorry to cut you off there, Marco. No. Not in the sense like oh they suck and Dallas is good. No, sense. no, no, right. Yeah. No, and also keep in mind too, like the coaches, they're, they're not going to get wrapped up into that stuff either. But even though it's a divisional opponent, they're starting a game plan for that too, right? Because that's a short week. So as they're all, they're, their attention is on Detroit, but they still have to do a little bit of the scouting ahead of time to make sure that they're not behind the eight ball before they get on the road and play on a Thursday night, you know, in Dallas. In a big division game on a short week. Yeah, And you want to be prepared for both. All right, yeah, I mean, good point, Marco. Maybe there is such thing as a trap. In a different sense, though, I think, than the mean meaning that we used to believe 
oh, that was a trap. You know, like, oh, this team sucks. They're going to overlook him because of the big game coming up. But the human element, the excitement of playing in, in Dallas on Thanksgiving, that's got to be a part of it. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.